Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With that, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. All right, Connor Riley. Uh, Mike and I uh, have been talking about not necessarily a dog issue, but hmm. the Alabama situation. Is it interesting to you that the way the coaching staff is playing out, guys coming and guys leaving, there's been already a lot of turmoil there. It doesn't seem settled to me, Connor, and I just I want to get your opinions on this. It's it's a weird situation. Uh, Ryan Grubb, their, uh, the offensive coordinator formerly of Washington, when Kalen DeBoer was the head coach there, been with Kalen DeBoer for a lot of steps in his rise up the coaching ranks. And when it became clear that Grubb wasn't going to be his replacement at Washington, seemed like he was going to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. And Alabama never formally introduced him. They never formally announced him. But Grubb was out on the road recruiting for Alabama. He was speaking to donors as, as a member of the Alabama staff. Huh. And then at the 11th hour, right when the transfer portal window closes for these Alabama players that are potentially looking to play elsewhere, it is learned that Grubb is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. And it, it all lines up a little too cleanly, a little too neatly to make it look like Grubb was maybe doing his former friend or, you know, likely still friend, Kalen DeBoer, a solid and saying, hey, I've got a better opportunity to be the Seahawks offensive coordinator, but I'm not going to accept that job until maybe the transfer portal window closes or right before it closes. And that's certainly the way it looked. Seattle was the last team to hire a coordinator in Grubb. He was the last coordinator slot to be filled. And it all lines up just a little too neatly to think that this wasn't maybe perhaps orchestrated as a way to sort of get the Alabama roster and keep it intact as much as it possibly can, given how much that roster has already turned over this offseason. I know that uh, a lot of folks look at uh, Alabama as just not being able to sustain what uh, what Saban put together, but they basically were able to because of you know the th- maybe it was shady, but they were able to keep much of that class together. There were some defections, but I mean, in the top, right at the top of your head, would you put, still put Ohio State right now as the number one roster? Would you put them over Georgia if we're just talking about talent and then coaching power? I would take Georgia right now number one. I know Ohio State they go out to bring in Chip Kelly as their offensive coordinator, but I think the impact that Carson Beck has, and especially in comparison to what the Ohio State quarterback situation is, I know they load up. I know they bring in Caleb Downs. I know they bring back a lot of key contributors from last year's team. 
I still trust Georgia a little bit more with their infrastructure and with what they have on a year-in, year-out basis. And the tipping point to me, you know what Carson Beck's floor is and what he's going to be able to give you. Ohio State had to go out. They bring in Will Howard from Kansas State, a guy who was losing reps to a freshman in Avery Johnson, granted a talented player, but a one that, you know, Kansas State wasn't exactly sad to see Will Howard leave a season ago. And so because of that, because of the quarterback position in particular, I actually give a little bit of the edge to Georgia here in terms of who the top team is to start next season. All right, Connor Riley's joining us from Dog Nation. Connor did a great job uh, on a piece saying it's it's the way too early top 25 rankings. And I just want to put this out there because this may temper some expectations about what this schedule is and what it may look like for Georgia. Uh, ESPN top 25 rankings for 2024 has Georgia number one. Ohio State two, Oregon three, Texas four, Notre Dame five. I'm going to stop there because I want people to realize Georgia opens up with Clemson. They are currently or would be ranked 19th to start the season. You have to play at number four, Texas, at number nine, Alabama, at number 23, Kentucky, at number six, Ole Miss. You're playing five ranked teams as it currently sits right now, just what we know right now. And you know this will change, Connor. But this schedule, man, when you put it that way and you look at the ranked teams, it's daunting. And especially the road games. It's in my mind, uh, it is the most difficult road, ske- road schedule in the country. Uh, at Ole Miss, I think it's going to be a very difficult place to play. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Um, obviously, uh, the Texas and Alabama games are going to be huge. And even Kentucky, a, a program that has given Georgia some issues when that game has been played in Lexington, you add in the fact that they've got Brock Vandegrift as the quarterback, Jermon Dumas Johnson, who, who knows that Georgia program well, is now a starting inside linebacker for them. And then you open up with a Clemson team that, yes, they, they lost four games this year and I think have continued to take steps backwards from where they once were. They still ended the season on a five-game winning streak. Uh, from the outside perspective, there's no real easy weeks. There's no, you know, South Carolina Vanderbilt's on this schedule this season. You know, yes, they get Auburn at home and they get Mississippi State at home before Texas, but it's a schedule that, on a week-by-week basis, is just far more difficult uh, from a, a ten-thousand-foot perspective. But having said all that, I, I think Georgia sort of welcomes that. I, I think that there are times in the past with their schedule where they weren't super fired up every week because they just knew they'd walk out on the field and they'd be better than who they were playing. I think Georgia knows this season they're going to have to have their chin strap buckled every single week that they go out there 
just given they're playing a better quality schedule and a better quality opponent than what they're used to seeing. So Hmm. it's certainly a challenge that Georgia is going to have to meet, but I think it is one that they are actually excited to meet as well. How about some crocodile tears? Pardon the pun. I know they're Gators for the Florida schedule, Connor. Some would say that's the number one most difficult schedule. Carl, they got Miami out of conference, A&M, Miss State, UCF out of conference, Tennessee, UK, Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State to wrap up the season. For a guy, Billy Napier, that a lot of folks feel is in the hot seat from many of his own fans. Yeah, that 11 Power 5 games on the schedule next year and those final five games after they're by, starting with the Georgia game. it's as difficult as it gets. And you're really, if you're Billy Napier, you're going to need to stack wins early um, Mm. because I don't know that he is necessarily in a position to survive that stretch run. And, and, you know, there was a lot of optimism at one point early in the 2023 season for Florida. They get a big home win over Tennessee, but they give a lot of that away. The recruiting class that was at one point ranked as high as number three in the month of November finishes around, I believe, 16th and they lose a lot of key pieces there from that recruiting class. It's a Florida program that is not taking positive steps. And when you add Texas and you add Oklahoma into uh, this conference, you know, this is a Florida program, you know, 15 years ago was winning a national championship, went toe-to-toe with Alabama in back-to-back seasons. And now that just seems so far away. And with this schedule and with where this program is, it just seems like another struggle uh, for Billy Napier, and I don't know if he's going to be able to survive another five- or six-win season with what he's been building there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know mm-hmm. if he can either. And, and what's crazy is it feels like this just started, right? But it's now you, you get to the point where it's a results business. We know it doesn't take long to turn these programs around, especially with the portal and everything that's going on. What's been his issue, right? It's quarterback, right? He's not been able to find that, that difference maker. I mean, Anthony was there for one, what, one season, basically. Right. You know, Graham Mertz played okay this year. I think he maybe exceeded expectations there. But they signed the number one quarterback in the country in DJ Lagway. You know, it's been a lot of self-inflicted wounds. You know, they make some positive strides, but then that first year you lose to Vanderbilt. You lose to Florida State at the end of the season. And then this year I think we all expected that Utah game to open up the season where, you know, Utah wasn't overwhelmingly more talented than Florida, but Florida really shot itself in the foot. And I think the biggest issue for Billy Napier is he preached patience when building this team and saying, hey, it's going to take some time to get my guys in here and build this up, but give me time and we're going to do it the right way. I just think that's the wrong way to approach you know, building up a program in this day and age, given you have the transfer portal and you've seen you know, TCU get to a national championship in year one, uh, uh, year two, Kalen DeBoer at Washington takes them to a national championship. It's easier than ever to flip a roster and to bring in talent. And I get that you're doing it in the SEC and you have to play Georgia every year and you've had to play LSU every season, but you can't preach patience and then go from a six-win team to a five-win team. And now entering year three, a year where most of these guys in your roster are guys you've now recruited and brought in. And if you don't take significant steps forward, I'm saying get to eight, maybe even nine wins, it's going to be hard to see him hang around and get a fourth year just given where the rest of this league is. And if you continue to not keep up at a place like Florida, you wonder if maybe they start to turn into what Tennessee was for a long time, right. a team that just could not you know, get above maybe that nine-win threshold in a year. And that's not where Florida wants to be given it, you know, it, it was the best team in this conference in the 90s. 
Right. And it had a ton of success in the 2000s there as well. Oof, that's like Galen Hall, Charlie Pell type Florida. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, Connor, before we cut you loose, I know we don't talk a lot of round ball on the show. What the hell happened to Georgia basketball? They lost five in a row. They were looking like an at-large team for the tournament. They look terrible right now. I think it's one of those things. They're learning how to both handle success and handle failure, and, and there are going to be some growing pains. It certainly looked like they were ahead of schedule uh, mm. with the early success they had in conference. You know, Getting a win over South Carolina on the road was certainly a nice feather to have in their cap. But they struggled to close out games, and it's one of those things of, you know, a lot of their better players are new or, or, or again, still year two under Mike White. They're taking some positive steps, but you've got to see them finish out these games. They had leads at home against Alabama, uh, against South Carolina there, and they've got to find a way to close it out. And so moving forward, again, I, I never – tried to hype up that this was going to be an NCAA tournament team. Mm -hmm. But during this closing stretch, you want to see them take more positive steps and hope that that can translate into next year where I think, you know, with the talent that they're bringing in and the talent they hope to bring back can maybe be better positioned to, to make an NCAA tournament. But you have to build those steps gradually. And this five-game losing streak, I think, has hurt the, a little bit. Connor, great job, man, as always. By the way, announcement on G-Day game, we don't know the official date yet, right? Has not officially been announced yet. I would believe it would likely be April 13th. That is the same Saturday as the third round of the Masters. Again, that is not official yet, but that is when I have been told it is likely going to be. All right, man. Good stuff. Appreciate you as always. Uh, tell the people where they can find your stuff. Yep, you guys can follow me on Twitter at KConorRiley. All right, Connor Riley, guys. Dog Nation. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 